you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Move the Sticks podcast. We are at Lucas Oil Stadium. I got my partner, Bucky Brooks, here. Bucky, I can't see you. I know you're there. We're in a suite where the lights do not work. Yeah, we're in the dark, but it's okay. Hey, you know what? It's kind of like it's just like we're by the campfire. You know, we just need a little... uh, we need some, can I get some s'mores? Yeah, s'mores would be nice. I think we could also, uh, you know, we, we could go with some hot dogs maybe. Uh, but anyways, I can't see you, but I'm, uh, I'm glad to be with you here. Here's what we're going to do on the podcast today. We're going to preview the defensive side of the ball, what we're expecting at the combine, go through the positions, and then at the end of that discussion, we're going to roll an interview we did. We've been kind of focusing in and doing some work on Miles Garrett, who we believe is going to be the first pick. We have work. Yeah. high school basketball coach interview we did, which is it was quite fascinating. It was fascinating to uh, kind of hear him give a different take, a different perspective on Miles Garrett. As scouts, you're always trying to get the total person, so to hear someone else who's coached him in a different arena talk about his skills and talk about how he was as a leader, teammate, those things. Very invaluable information. One of the things I was looking forward to uh, to finding out about was, does he have a, does he have a mean streak to him? He seems like <laughs> such a nice dude. So he has an interesting answer and a good story on that one. We'll roll that after we finish up here. All right, let's just start right there with, with Miles Garrett. I have him as my number one player. I know you have him as, uh, as your number one guy too. Is this... I mean, he's just going to kind of lock this thing up this week, isn't he? Well, I think so. I think he's going to have a, probably a pretty spectacular performance on the turf. When you talk to people that have known him, known him all the way since high school, uh, they say he's a very special and freakish athlete. Uh, I've had some even kind of tell me he's kind of Julius Peppers-like in terms of what they expect him to do. I think for him, he's already kind of locked and loaded at you know one of those top two or three spots. But I think there are a number of other pass rushes in defense alignment that certainly can make a move up the boards with – Pretty terrific showing. All right, here we go. A couple guys I think are going to be comparing throughout the process. I know, uh, I know, Max talked about uh, you know 
Jonathan Allen being a contender for the number one overall pick. He's got a really high floor. He's a great football player. I think, though, the discussion is going to be Jonathan Allen, and you go to Stanford there and Solomon Thomas to see who that, that next D lineman is going to be. Well, I think so because both those guys are very similar in how they are used at their respective schools. Both guys are five techniques, meaning they play right over top of the tackles. They have that inside-outside ability. Jonathan Allen, to me, is not quite as explosive or kind of athletic as Solomon Thomas. I think Solomon Thomas is going to surprise people with how he moves around. We've heard the reports of he could be a sub 4-7 guy, which is remarkable for a guy that plays his position. But if he does that and he shows the movement skills going through bags like we've seen on tape, I think that conversation is a very, very real one, which one has the more upside. Yeah, we've talked about this uh, uh, off the mic here about my visit this last week. I went to a couple different places, training facilities, and met with some of these kids and got a chance to sit down and, and well, actually got a chance to watch Solomon Thomas work on his starts and do some different things on the field and got a chance to visit with him. He was 267 pounds the day that I was there. He's, you know, he's cut a little bit so that he can run. He's yeah. been running in the high four sixes. He's going to jump in 33, 34 inches, you know, broad jumping over 10. I mean, he's, he, I think he's going to put on a show out here in the workout, but meeting with him, Bucky, man, this is one of the more impressive kids that you'll you'll talk with. I mean, it, fascinating story. He spent time growing up in Australia. He was like five years of his life when he was young. He was in Australia and got into swimming. Was on a swim swim team wow. and on a club team. Then he ends up going up into the Northeast. I want to say Connecticut and uh, swam for a little bit longer there. Then he just got too big, couldn't do that <laughs> anymore. So he goes to he ends up moving to uh, to Dallas. Um, just a really really impressive kid. And and talked about to me, it's interesting with Stanford players. You know how it is when you interview these guys. Yep. Sometimes you wonder, okay, well-rounded, maybe too well-rounded, right? Yeah. You know, is football yeah. important to them? Yep. He stresses the fact that, you know, they when they were struggling at Stanford uh, early on, I guess would have been his freshman year, redshirt freshman year, he said, look, guys, I know some of you guys want to go work for a great co- – I'm here to play football. And it, it's important to him, and he, he you definitely get that when you visit with him. You're always looking for that. We're always trying to find out the character. What is the why behind why these guys play? What makes them participate? Because football is a horror game. It's not for everybody. It takes a kind of special person. So to hear you talk about Solomon Thomas really loving the game, that's a little check mark in the column because those are the kind of guys that you're trying to fill out your rosters with. Yeah, he's an, he's an impressive guy. All right, some uh, some other defensive linemen. I'm just kind of rolling down through my top 50 list to go through these guys. Derek Barnett, Bucky, you've done love, a lot of work on love him. Love the animal, love the, the motor hand skills. I think he is as ready as they come. Won't be a great athlete out here, but in terms of playing the game, he does everything you want to see. What's the threshold for him working out running-wise? Do you want to see him meet? I mean, for me, I'm still more likely to go for tape, but if he goes – in that four seven five or whatever range, I think people would be like, uh, it's okay. But if he does anything below that, I think that's when he has an opportunity to really make a move at the board. Yeah, if he goes, if he's over four nine zero, I think maybe the caution flag gets raised. Yeah, it could hurt him. I think if he runs four eight four, I think the tape's so good. Who cares? And, it, and, and a lot of the, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to overplay the forty, but there is some question about his overall athleticism, explosiveness. If he jumps 28 inches and runs five flat, he's got a problem. But I don't anticipate that happening. No, I don't anticipate it. I think um, when I've talked to people that have known him in high school, they say he's going to be a better tester than most imagine. I would think they would put him kind of in the middle of the pack when it comes to the testing numbers. All right, so we'll see how he does. How about Tack McKinley? I know he needs to have shoulder surgery after the combine, but I've been told, you know, look, this guy ran in high school. He was in the, in the mid to high 230s and ran, what, a 10, 600 meters. So he, he's now... About twenty, probably about two sixty in that in that range, and they said he's carried his speed with him. So I think he's going to put a show on out here. I absolutely expect him to put on a show. When you watch him on tape, he's one of the uh, 
guys that were really fun to watch. Love his motor, love his intensity, his ability to bend and dip and rip around the corner. He does that better than anybody I've seen in the draft. You also see him play with power. What you want to see here in Indianapolis, if he gets on the turf, you want to see the change of direction. You want to see can he play in space because most teams kind of have him pegged as one of those. 20 position, just kind of want to see how he works out. Another kid I saw work out the other day is Taco Charlton from Michigan. He is long, Buck. He's he's going to be 6'5 and a half. He's going to be about 280 pounds. He'll probably run in the in the low 4'8s, which is pretty darn good for a guy that big. I mean, pretty darn good. You know, pretty impressive. He flashes that time on tape. You see the first step quickness and burst. Doesn't necessarily sequence his moves um, together with the kind of rhythm, but he has some production. Nine and a half sacks his last season at Michigan. You see the dominant flash at times. He's certainly an intriguing prospect. Charles Harris, somebody that can put all those moves together, the edge rusher from Missouri. I think his name's kind of got lost in the shuffle. I do believe, though, teams love this dude. And I have him right now as my 35th overall player. I think he'll be long gone by that portion of the draft. Yeah, probably so. I think he's all, he's, he's well, well, well gone, all gone. Bottom of, the, bottom of the first round. All right, how about uh, we've talked about Demarcus Walker. The workout could be big for him out of Florida State because a lot of people see the production. He's got a ton of sacks at Florida State. They question just how athletic and explosive he is. So he's one of these guys. I think if he were to jump decent, have a good 10 time, uh, maybe yeah. he could help himself a little bit. Well, I think so. I think he's another one that I like on tape because I think he's probably a better football player than athlete. He's a try-hard, blue-collar worker guy. But when you look at the tape in the biggest games, he always had a way of rising to the challenge. I think he's someone that he can help himself if he just posts decent numbers because that kind of erased the black cloud that kind of hangs over his head because the athleticism or lack thereof is what they always talk about. Terrell Basham from Ohio University saw him again the other day when I was looking at all these guys. They said he's going to run really well. A little bit stiff, but Bucky, he is a physical, physical, explosive player off the edge. Thought he had a good week at the Senior Bowl. He can kind of Very keep, good that, week. keep that momentum going out here this week. Yeah, he needs to kind of continue to keep the wave of momentum going by testing well. If he shows up, test well, we can check off the box how he performed at the Senior Bowl, how he played during the season, he just has to put the final piece of the puzzle together, and this is it. All right, now I'm outside my top 50. Some interesting names to keep an eye on. Carl Lawson from Auburn. Teams are not that high on him that I talk to. He's, he's one I struggle with because he's got that NFL body. He's got some power. He does. not see quite that explosiveness and consistency you want to see. Well, I mean, when you're looking at a passer, you want to see a guy that has that get-off, snap count anticipation, something where you can put immediate pressure on the offensive tackle. He doesn't necessarily have that. Good worker, consistent, reliable, dependent, but he's not that every time I'm going to flash him to take over. So he's someone that has to show up. Maybe he can do something that forces people to go back to the tape. But right now, he's certainly not in that conversation with them top-tier guys that we've been talking about. A couple guys to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm interested. Tano Passigno from Villanova, who is six, almost 6'7", six, 280 Super pounds. Looks the part. Watch him work out. It's going to be fun. He's one to keep an eye on. And I'll tell you what, I went back and watched the sack tape of all these edge rushers, so I watched every sack that they had this last year. Mm-hmm. It's Rivers, Derek Rivers from Youngstown State, Bucky. Yeah. You could, I put his sacks up against anybody with, with what he does. I mean, he can get after the quarterback. He's fluid. He's explosive. Uh, he's one I'm looking forward to watching out here. Now, I've heard this from your former boss, Ozzie Newsom. He said the one stat that does translate college sacks, particularly if it's over one or more years, those guys who have a knack for getting to the quarterback continue to have a knack for getting to the quarterback when they get to pros. So as you're doing your research and digging into some of these unheralded guys, if they've done it for years and years on end, they can do it. And my story to that is seeing a young Jared Allen at Idaho State. He was a guy that I went to see as a long snapper, 
But, man, back-to-back years, I want to say he won the Buck Buchanan Award, Idaho State, Division II. He's a guy that can do it. Last one here in these edge rushers, Tyus Bowser from Houston is another interesting guy. I went back and watched him against Florida State last year. Oh, yeah, he got it, he got it in. He got after it, and I'll tell you what, you watch him drop and cover Dalvin Cook on a wheel route, stride for stride, and that caught my attention. I mean, there's a very impressive group at Houston. Tom Herman did a great job with those guys, but he is someone that you certainly have to keep an eye on. All right, Bucky, let's look at some of these, these inside linebackers. I think it's a pretty interesting class. I, to me, clearly at the top, I know I, I believe you're with me on this one, but the gap between Reuben Foster and whoever you have next is pretty substantial. It's pretty substantial based on how they play. He's a guy that is an alpha dog, a guy that is aggressive. He's the pack leader, does a great job of making things happen. Uh, you wonder about his athleticism and how he's going to test, but in terms of a football player, he is everything that you want as an inside linebacker. So last spring, Reuben Foster was, was – uh, my eyesight's leaving me here. Six oh oh two, so six foot and a quarter. He was two hundred forty six pounds. He ran four six four. Now I was told this year he dropped his weight almost at like in the high two twenties. Wow. So he's gonna run faster than four six four. And to me, he plays fast. He is explosive. So he, I'm anxious to watch him jump out. Yeah, there. he plays fast. He's he's a violent player. He's a guy that uh, we talk about tone setters, tempo setters. He is that guy. So I'm all on board. I think the the bigger thing will be. Who, do you, who comes after him? Because there are a couple of interesting guys. Jerry Davis from Florida, there's a lot of conversation about he's a guy that can play multiple positions at the linebacker spot. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's versatile. He also is a football first guy where you see the passion and the way he plays. And then there's also some conversation about Zach Cunningham from Vanderbilt, who is a tough evaluation for me because I see the body. I see the stuff that you want to like, range, the traits and man. all that. But I don't think he plays to the athleticism that he kind of teases you with. Yeah, to me, he's high cut. I mean, he's a long leg guy, a little bit stiff. You see some of that in the, in the change of direction stuff. I, I think he's one of these guys, too, where you've got, if you want to find two, three good games, there are some great games you can watch. You want to find two or three others, and you be like, hey, Yeah, he's a tough one. He's a, t- he's a tough one for me. I can see why people are all over the board on him. Some people like him a lot, others. Are a little down on him. I'm more in the camp that's a little down on him in terms of being a legitimate first-round player or a difference maker immediately. I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't jump all in on that. Can I give you a rocket ship that took off in Mobile uh, that's going to continue to keep going? Oh, Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick from Temple Buck. I mean, I, look, I've Bruce Feldman, our buddy, has said that he's talking to people back there at Temple. Said that he's been clocked in the four fours. I mean, if he does that, it only continue to. Fly to he's kite. a lock for the first round. I mean, he's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a remarkable story. A former walk-on safety goes to Temple, ends up being an edge player from safety. That I don't know how you get to that transition. <laughs> he's an edge player, and then we see him at the Senior Bowl. He plays inside linebacker. In today's game, where it's so pass-centric, he's a guy that you like because even at the inside linebacker spot, he gives you a little pass rush you're building. And I think if he runs that 4-4, that speed is going to be a difference maker when you kind of stack the board. All right, a couple a couple Alabama guys I skipped over on the edge rushers, but I forgot about Tim Anderson, and you also have Tim Williams. Yeah, Tim, Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, two guys that uh, are kind of different. They go about their business in different ways. Tim Williams is super explosive, electric, first step, great snap kind of anticipation, kind of bend and burst, shows a nice inside arm over move to get to the quarterback. Ryan Anderson is just kind of like an old-school worker. He's a bully. He just... Broad Street Bully kind of wears you out, powerful, does his his business, you know, by snatching and pulling and working through. And I think the interesting thing, when you look at Williams, I think Williams was listed at 6'4", 237. He looks kind of slender. 
Anderson to me is kind of like the, the stouter, sturdier presence. And I think Williams may end up being drafted higher. I'm willing to bet that Anderson is probably the better player when it comes down to it. Two more names to keep an eye on. I'm anxious to see them test. Duke Riley from LSU, who is, again, the one-year starter linebacker at LSU the last couple years. We've had Quan Alexander, right? yep. one-year undersized starter. has been a nice player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last year, Deion Jones, we see what he did going to the Falcons. Yeah. One year. So this is the next one in line, Duke Riley. And when I watched him, I just studied him on the plane, actually, on the way out here to finish him up, Buck. He's like the he's the perfect kind of modern day linebacker. He can run cover and blitz all day long. I mean, that's what you're looking for in today's game that's predicated on speed on defense where you're looking for guys that can make impact plays. You have to have a level of explosiveness and athleticism to get to go. And Alex Anzalone from uh, from Florida is another. You know, I was really impressed with him at the senior bowl. Yep. I know a lot of people didn't talk about him, but every time you looked at the tape, he kinda of showed up in the nine oh seven periods, the team periods, has some snap to him. He is a guy you talk about under the radar. He is someone that certainly can get some attention. All right, let's roll through some of these secondary guys before we get our basketball coach on here. Uh, top corner, Buck, your top your top five list. Who would you have as your number one number one corner? You know, right now I have Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore, mm-hmm. hanging over Sidney Jones. But the more I watch Sidney Jones, the more I'm That's beginning good. to think that he is a guy that I would take over Lattimore. The thing that concerns me about Lattimore, he's only been a one-year starter. Both of those guys in Ohio State secondary, Lattimore and then Malik Hooker at safety, one-year starters, they have 13 games of experience, but I just kind of worry. Sidney Jones, to me, is clean. He's clean in every facet in terms of his technical skills, his ability, and his ability to tackle. His tackling ability just gives him the nod over Lattimore to me in the evaluation, but I, think, I like both of them. I think they're both really good players. I have Lattimore one. I have Sidney Jones two. I think Sidney Jones is going to probably run in the low four fours. Lattimore, I've been told, is going to run in the low four fours. That's kind of the sweet spot for them. Uh, I go after those two guys. I get to... Uh, uh, Tredavious White from LSU and Tease Tabor from Florida, Buck. You know, I like both of those guys. Uh, Tease Tabor, to me, is a little more like Namdi Ashmoa in terms of how he plays. Long, high-cut guy, a guy that's probably better suited to be a nose-to-nose press corner. Uh, you don't see him backpedal a lot at Florida, so there are some concerns about whether he can kind of translate to other systems that aren't necessarily so man-heavy. Uh, Tredavious White, I was really impressed with him at the Senior Bowl. His ability to play in space, being able to backpedal, break and drive on the balls, things that he didn't necessarily show at LSU. I like both of those guys a lot. And I think when you mention Tease Tabor, you have to mention Chrissy, Quincy Wilson because yep. they're kind of like kissing cousins when you watched him. Big, athletic, strong. Had a chance to get next to him this weekend. I saw him at an event in Miami. He's a big, stout, sturdy yeah. dude. In fact, it would be easy to say, oh, he'd be a safety. I think he's kind of fought that what about, his what entire a, What career. about for a comp for him? I want to say that my comparison for him was Xavier Rhodes. I mean, I think that's a good comparison. Because Xavier, Xavier Rhodes was a big physical corner coming out of Florida State. Wasn't necessarily skilled or polished, but now you've seen him at Miami, become, not Miami, Minnesota, become a Pro Bowl caliber player. Quincy Wilson certainly has some of that ability. All right, Gary and Conley, we talked a little bit about Ohio State. Uh, again, I think he's somebody that in years past, maybe this is a top 15 pick, Buck. Hey, absolutely, but this year it's so deep at corner. You can find whatever you're looking for on the outside. He's a guy that may go to the middle of the second round just because not, there are some teams that like him, but, I mean, he's top 40 pick. No, he's a, he's a really, really good player. We'll get to the safeties after we roll through a couple more of these corners here. How about a couple athletic freaks here? Marlon Humphrey from uh, from Alabama, then Adoree Jackson from SC. Both these guys, I think, will put on a show at the Combine. I think both of those guys are going to put on a show. Adoree Jackson for sure is going to put on a show. You talk about a world-class athlete, a guy who is a uh, Pac-12 long jump champion. He's going to kind of pop off the board when we see him do these How tall is he going to be? You know, I think he's going to list it like 5'10", having been around him. Uh, he's a tough guy. I think the big thing that you have to have in the conversation when you're looking at a Dory Jackson 
How do you view him as a cornerback? Do you view him as a lockdown corner? Is he a nickel guy? How does he play? And with that being said, where does his return skills kind of put him? Does that put him over top? Is he a first-round returner that can offer you some ability as a cornerback, or do you really view him as a cornerback? All right, a couple more here. Fabian Moreau from UCLA, who in the spring, scouts roll through there, just under six feet, 205 pounds, ran 439. He was awesome. East-West. East-West, he was awesome. Yeah, So to me, I think I've got him in my top 50. It's not insane to see him go in the first round. If not in the first round, he's going to go really early in the second. I mean, there's so many corners that are kind of in that cluster together. It depends on what you're looking for, what kind of style, what kind of flavor ice cream you like. All right, the other one was Jordan Lewis from Michigan. On a little bit Natural smaller, nickel corner. great nickel. Great nickel corner, can play in the slot, has that ability to kind of handle the two-way go, like his athleticism and his ball skills. All right, these guys, I need to update my top 50. I don't know if I'm going to have time to do it, but Chidobi Wuzier from Colorado yep. belongs in my top 50. He's one I got to meet with uh, last week, one of the more impressive kids you'll ever talk to. Can play nickel, can play safety, can play corner. He's smart. Uh, he's got a little edge to him. I, I told him, I, he goes, what's the knock on me? I said, oh, people maybe question your deep speed. It bothered him a little bit. He goes, what do you think I'm going to run? I said, I wrote you down at 4.55. I got the he sense like he's going to run a little bit faster than that, so yeah, it'll be fun really, to watch him. Really good player. I like his tenacity. I like the way he plays and competes on the edge. you got a big corner, Rasul Douglas from West Virginia, 6'2", 203 pounds. He, if he can just get under 4'6", it would be phenomenal. Um, he's a big dude, four, though. 4'5", we'll he, he does that. You, you're looking for these big matchup players. He could be one. All right, I'm going to run through a list of names here. You just tell me if one that, of this group who you're looking forward to here. We've got, we've got Demonte Casey from San Diego State, who had a great senior bowl. Kevin King, the other corner at Washington, who's a 6'3 corner. Cam Sutton from Tennessee, Cam great Sutton's senior guy, bowl. I'm really, that, at a senior that one bowl. jumps out to you? His nickel, his nickel ability. His ability, he played safety, he played corner, he jumped in the slot. You're looking for guys in those rounds. You're looking for guys that can do a variety of different things. He's one of those that we know he can do that. All right. that's a, How about Cordrea uh, Tankersley from Clemson? I you wasn't know, I as tough, high on him. No, I have a tough time because he grabs a hole. He gets a little handsy. I think he could be a guy that has a lot of penalties at the next level. Yeah, he panicked a little bit at the top of routes, too. That that uh, that worried me. All right, let's go through these safeties real quick here. The two guys at the top, we're not going to see Malik Hooker work out. He's had, recently had surgery. Jamal Adams, we will get a chance to see him work out from LSU. I mean, he's everything. Uh, having watched the tape, like watching tape, coming out here, his ability to play not only in the post, but to play uh, in the box, to come down and instinctively make plays. He is a pack leader, a leader. He gets him going. He's physical. I really like him a lot. I think he could be a guy that you talk about a top two, three player. Uh, Buddha Baker, we'll see how big he is. Listed, I got him here guessing, guessing him at around uh, 5'10", 192 pounds. He's going to run the four threes. He's going to be, a, I think he could be a, a big time nickel at the next level. Who could also play high if he needed him to. Yeah, I, th- I think he's in that conversation kind of as Honey Badger in terms of Tyron Matthew, the way they use him in Arizona. I think Buda Baker could play in a similar role. All right, maybe the most intriguing player at the Combine, Jabril Peppers from Michigan, Bucky. Met with him last week, and uh, I got to tell you, man, like some of the concerns that I had with him, you're going to ask him to do stuff he's never done before. But when you sit across from him and hear his story, how he grew up, the yep. hardship that he faced, how he came out the other side of it, to have his to have his upbringing as challenging as it was to, to be making your choice between Stanford and Michigan, that to me says a lot about this kid. And in this, we're, 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 you're trying to get to know the kid because you're willing to bank on the character. His character is impeccable when it comes to his, tr- his real character and his football character. He's a guy that works hard. We talked about the conversation where he talked about volunteering and playing linebacker and being out of position and knowing that it kind of affected some other parts of his game. 
I believe that he can do so many different things that some team out there would view him as kind of like that Swiss Army knife that you need in the back end. Yeah, he, he, was, uh, he was impressive. We talked about the Orange Bowl. I was down there at that game, and you remember he went through warm-ups but did not play yep. in the game. He told me about hurting his knee the day before in practice. It ate him up. It got the sense yeah, it ate him up that he couldn't play in the game, but Coach Harbaugh wanted him to go up to the booth. He couldn't be on the sideline with his guys, and that to me when you talk to him, he had a tougher time with that, not being around his guys and being able to kind of provide that leadership they needed. Teams that are trying to kind of rejuvenate their program, looking for leaders, he's the kind of guy that can do that. And so sometimes you'll take a guy who may be a little lesser of a player at a certain position, but he brings that leadership characteristic because he's going to have that team get going. All right, this draft is loaded at stake. I'm going to give you three guys that are going to create all kinds of buzz this week at the Combine. All three of them are outside my top 50. I think all three of them will end up being top 50 picks. Josh Jones from NC State is going to run and jump out the gym. Yeah. Obi Mellon from Connecticut at 6'4", 219 pounds. We've seen him play some corner at the Senior Bowl as By well as safety. Kid, yes. And they said his testing is going to rival Byron Jones, and we saw the show wow. he put on here a couple years ago. And then Marcus Williams from Utah was told he's going to run in the low 4'4s. He's going to jump over 40 inches. He's going to broad jump at or above 11 inches. He's, I didn't realize he's a 4.0 student. He's going to blow people away in the interviews. The Marcus Williams rocket ship will take off this week. Yeah, Marcus Williams is a guy very versatile. Um, there's some that look at him as a guy that maybe he could even bump outside and play some corner. All those guys that you mentioned in that tier that are outside the top 50, they have some versatility, they have some toughness, and the athleticism. And so when you're thinking about the position and the way the safety vision safety position is evolving you're looking for better athletes that are also communicators and thumpers all those guys have those traits justin evans from uh, from texas a&m again a really good player who in, in in other years might be a second round pick you might loaded. get a tremendous value with him in this draft loaded draft i mean a loaded draft in the back end all kinds of playmakers and ball hawks all right well we've did it we've uh, we've previewed the defensive side of the ball in the dark here i would say it's great to see you but i can't see you but uh <laughs> anyways let's uh, let's roll our interview here with Miles Garrett's high school basketball coach before we wrap this thing up. Jeff Plemons is joining us here. Jeff, is at, uh, Jeff, you still at Martin High School there in Arlington? Yes, sir. Well, thank you for joining us, first of all. But t- why don't you tell us about your, your first experience when you learned about Miles Garrett and, and who he was and think you might have something there? Well, Miles came in and uh, as a freshman, and just his immediate size pops out at you. Uh, why, the length of his arms is another thing that really stands out to you. Um, and you, you just knew he was going to be a special athlete. You know, Coach, and thinking about trying to get football players to play basketball, and you talked about the athleticism, how does his, his athleticism translate from the football field to the basketball court? Oh, he had an immediate impact coming into the gym. One, Miles, Miles loves the game of basketball. And he was around the gym as much as he possibly could when he wasn't on the football field. Uh, there were a lot of times his teammates loved him, and he would be in the basketball locker room with the basketball guys. I'd be talking to him and wouldn't even know he was in there until I hear some of them giggle, and I'd turn around, and there's Miles sitting with the, the basketball kids. <laughs> that is great. What was, his, what was his personality like in general with, with the group? Man, he's very laid back. Um, he's just a natural leader. His energy and his athleticism ignite everybody around him. Um, like I said, his teammates loved him. There was one Saturday practice where to finish up, he had to, we had to make 10 free throws in a row. Everybody did. And, and Miles wasn't the greatest free throw shooter around. But it took him a while. But there wasn't one kid that left the gym. They all stood around him, cheered him on. 
Uh, and it was probably a good 30 or 45 minutes by the time he finally made his 10 in a row. But he stayed there until he got them. And every, every one of his teammates was right there with him along the way. That's hey, coach, cool. Coach, with that in mind, what was he like as a worker? Uh, what was his work ethic like when you had him on the basketball team? Oh, he was, he was relentless. He loves to compete, regardless if it's trying to make 10 free throws in a row or just daily practice and, and doing a drill. Uh, he goes as hard as he can. Um, he's a, as, as explosive of a player as I've ever been around. And the bigger the game, the, the bigger he performed. Is there a play in, uh, in his basketball career that stands out to you? Is there an example? You know, we see the explosiveness. I remember just watching the tape this year as, as scouts. We, you know, we kind of chuckle when we watch the UCLA game just to see what he did in that game, just kind of some, some rare stuff that he brings. Is there a play or a moment or a game where you, you recall as uh, your fondest Miles Garrett memory? There's two that really stick out to me. Every year around Christmas, we play in the Whataburger tournament, which is one of the top Christmas tournaments around. And uh, we had the, the pleasure of playing Billet, Kentucky, which uh, they had Derek Willis, who plays for Kentucky now. And, and Miles had a very powerful dunk over Derek during that game that, that the people from the Whataburger tournament are still talking about to this day. Uh, <laughs> other than that, we ran an inbounds play just about every game four miles. It was a lob play. And it got, got to where the crowd knew we were fixing to run it. Ever The other team knew we were fixing to run it. You would see cell phone cameras coming out in the bleachers. And <laughs> he, he would go up and crush at least one or two each game. I mean, he's just so strong they couldn't stop him. We got to get video, Coach. I'm telling you, we got to see some video of these dunks. Yeah, we have to get video. I'm, I'm, I'm really um, intrigued now. Do you think he could have had an opportunity to play basketball in college as a D1 player maybe? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. He absolutely could have. He, uh, like I said, he, he's so strong and he's so powerful. Uh, if he would have, you know, continued to put the time into basketball like he did with football, um, he could have been a very impactful 4-5 for somebody at the D1 level. Does he have a switch, Coach? I mean, one of the things people will say about him, I mean, everybody just, oh, what a great dude he is. Have you ever seen him get upset or flip a switch and, and get angry? Um, one time stands out. We, we lost a game at the buzzer to a, a district rival and, um, somebody forgot to block out and there was a shot tipped in. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, <laughs> after the, after the game, one of the, one of the stalls in our locker room, uh, was no longer hanging on the wall <laughs> the next day. And, and to his credit, when we played them again at the end of the season, we absolutely demolished them at, at their gym. And Miles had some blocks in that game uh, that were pretty phenomenal. That's a great story. Man, I love to hear about that, that, com that competitive streak. Uh, any other thing that, that stands out to you about his personality when he's out and about in the community? What kind of guy is he amongst the, the regular students in school? How, was, how did he engage with everybody outside of the athletes? You know, he's he's just like a regular guy. I mean, the, like I said, the perfect example is a couple weeks ago, he's in the gym playing with some little freshman PE student um, and just having the best time ever listening to 70s music, playing a little pickup basketball. Other than the monstrosity of his size, you wouldn't know that who he was based on just how he interacts with everybody. He's just miles. He always has a smile on his face. And, and wherever he's at, that, that seems to be the place to be. 
that's a that's that's a great thing to say about somebody. Well, Coach, hey, I, I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to visit with us here and tell us about your uh, your basketball player there. Matt, it's the NBA trade deadline. He might have been <laughs> he might have been in the mix for one of these NBA trades a few years down the road if he, if he wanted to go the other way. It sounds like he could have. It's a very good possibility. I appreciate the time. Thank you. All right, Bucky. That was, I mean, what a fun, uh, fun conversation there. I love learning more about these top guys, and what what better way to learn than to, to go back to their high school days and find out what they were like. A lot of insight, but I want to know what their inbound play was. He said they scored on it all the time when they threw the lob to Miles Garrett. I need to see that. We need video. We've got <laughs> to get some video of that. We're, we're efforting. We're efforting to get some video of Miles Garrett playing hoops. Uh, Bucky, all right, we're here in Indianapolis. The Combine's getting ready to crank up on Friday. 9 a.m. That's when everybody can lock in. You can find, you're going to be on, on uh, digital, Com- right? NFL.com, NFL right. everywhere. Combine Live, we're going to take care of that. Me, Matt Money Smith, Ike and MJD, Colleen is also in the building. So we should have a lot of fun on that side. And I'll be with Charles. Lance. I, can't, I forgot yeah, Lance. Yeah, Lance, Lance, Lance who's watched a million of these guys. I, I'm trying to catch up to Lance in terms of how many guys he's watched. He's watched more than I am. He's ahead of me. I'm going to catch him, though, Buck. <laughs> uh, but then we're gonna, we got the network coverage as well. So if you're near TV, you can pop on NFL Network. I'll be with our buddy Charles Davis here on the concourse floating around somewhere uh, doing our thing. So we have you covered all through the weekend, all the way through Monday. You watch all these guys work out. See what uh, see what next year's NFL freshman class looks like. Be the first one to check it out uh, here in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. All right, Buck, that's going to do it for us. We will, uh, we'll be back next week, and we're going to be in studio two times a week. Uh, rumor has it we have a we could have a sponsor for Move the Sticks. I'm not going to reveal that yet. How about that? But there's a hot rumor out there that that could uh, could take place, and I'm feeling rather patriotic about it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> nice tease. Uh, we'll be back next week with Move the Sticks. Thank you guys for checking it out. Thank you for the the reviews you guys have left us and the and the uh, the ratings you've given us on iTunes. We got a nice bump up there. If you haven't already, please do it. Subscribe and, and leave us a note on there and a rating. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.